may be seated for our scripture reading. The reading is found in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. The Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Then the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the father, to the man, to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought him, her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she is, was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. This is the word of the Lord. To God. Thank you, Alan. Good morning. It's good to be together in the Lord's house as brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, just people of the family of God. God bless us in the time we spend here today. I want to share with you a few photographs, see if you recognize some of these individuals here. Recognize this couple? Anybody? Pastor Luther and Chris, they will be celebrating their 43rd wedding anniversary this year. How about this next couple? Recognize them? Pastor Scott and Kate. They will be celebrating their 21st wedding anniversary this year. And how about this fine couple? Oh, yeah, Pastor Max and Beth. They'll be celebrating their, their 27th wedding anniversary this year. And very good. Pastor Victor and Christine, they'll be celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. And another one? No, it's not me. Look at the date. <laughs> Anybody? Pastor Paul, yeah? Pastor Paul and Judy, uh, and they, along with Pastor Kay and Betty, we don't have a picture of Pastor Kay and Betty, but together, they both will be celebrating 54 years of marriage this year. And one more couple. <laughs> what? What? 
Next week, Sue and I will be celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary. Fine-looking couples, amen? Yeah. And think about it. If you are doing the math, all the years just represented in our pastoral staff, over 260 years of marriage just among the pastors of our, of our congregation, quite admirable indeed. But let me ask, on their wedding day, how many of these couples do you think had it all together when it came to marriage? I mean, come on, look at this guy. Is he even old enough to be getting married? <laughs> and, and let me tell you, he couldn't even remember to bring a belt with him for the day of his wedding. And he's going to get married and take care of a wife? Who are you kidding? Well, this is where, uh, as we think about marriage today, I, I want you to think, uh, you know, have you ever given a, a present to somebody or perhaps even received a present for somebody where there was this label on the front of the box that said, some assembly required? For, for us this past Christmas, it was a dollhouse that Sue and I gave to our granddaughters. And, 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 and it looked simple enough. It was arranged nicely in the box. And, and I've got tools. I've got skills. I mean, I know my way around a workshop. If anybody should be able to put this thing together, it should have been me. I don't need no stinking instructions. Well, let me tell you, three hours later at nearing midnight, remember this is for Christmas, let me tell you, I just, my family was pretty much at their wit's end with me because I didn't have it figured out. Well, my friends, you will not find such a label on a wedding dress, on a groom's tuxedo, or on the marriage license itself. Yet marriage deserves a label that reads not just some assembly required, but much assembly required. All too many couples plunge into marriage without fully regarding what the author of marriage has to say about it. They believe that they have found their soulmate. So, so what could go wrong? They, they almost see themselves as characters in a Hallmark movie where everything just seems to work out in the end. So, so what more do you really need? But half of those getting married today, sooner or later, are sadly finding themselves at wit's end with each other. Much assembly required. And for good reason. We live in a fallen and a broken world. The sins of pride and selfishness abound where, where we are more, fo more focused on ourselves than we are on somebody else. And that is where a strong and a healthy marriage does not just happen. For marriage to work, couples must work on their marriage. And there are no shortcuts. There is no cruise control or autopilot. And most importantly of all, couples must take careful consideration of what the author of marriage has to say about it. So today, why don't we talk about marriage? Now obviously not everyone is married. There are those who wish to be married and there are those who are quite content to be single. 
In fact, like the Apostle Paul, God has called some to remain single. And the fact is, not everyone needs to be married. After all, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but everyone begins life as a single person, and the majority of people will end life as a single person. So whether we are married or not, wish to be married, or are content to remain single, what we are all reminded of today from God's word is this. Almighty God is well aware of our need for relationship, for companionship, for fellowship, both with him as well as with each other. And this truth becomes abundantly clear at that moment nearing the end of creation when God looked over all that he had made and said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Up until this point, everything else about God's creation was good, but not this. Think about it. Here was a sinless man in a perfect fellowship with Almighty God, living in a perfect environment. What more could you want? Is that not enough? Well, not for God. God's own evaluation was that the man needed a human companion to correspond to him. And so today we begin by affirming the fact that God is the author. God is the designer of marriage. Which means a marriage thrives best when the designer of marriage is a part of it. Marriage has been described as a triangle with God at the top and the husband and wife at the bottom ends of the triangle. And the closer that they grow toward God, the closer they grow toward one another. And the further they distance themselves from God, the further they distance themselves from each other. And this is where the Apostle John reminds us that love comes from God because God is love. In fact, we love because he first loved us. The writer of Ecclesiastes portrays it so beautifully. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Again, marriage works best when the designer of marriage is a part of it. Next, we affirm the fact that God designed marriage to be complementary. Now, the specific word that I am using here means something that completes or makes perfect. Either of two parts needed to complete the whole. No sooner did God declare it is not good for the man to be alone that God also said, I will make a helper suitable for him. Now understand, this is by no means a depiction of a diminished or a subservient role. In fact, elsewhere in Scripture, this very same word of helper is used of Almighty God in relation to His helping out His people. The relationship that God has designed in marriage is like Velcro. There are two halves, 
Each is like the other, but neither is greater than the other. But yet each is different and distinct, each performing a very unique role. But for the two halves to to be effective and beneficial, the two must become, say it, one. Working together in unity. God designed it that husband and wife, though alike in some ways, yet each is different and distinct, neither more or greater than the other, each performing unique roles. In his letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul equates the role of the husband to that of Christ Jesus, who sacrificed himself for the church. Paul writes, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Paul equates the role of the wife to that of the church which devotes itself to Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to to your husband as to the Lord. The husband sacrifices himself for his wife. And the wife devotes herself to her husband. This is where in humble service, each cares about and cares for the other. Paul reminds us of of what we see in the husband-wife relationship is to be evident in all of our relationships when he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. When both husband and wife are fulfilling their distinct roles, humbling themselves, coming together, working together, caring for one another, that is when their marriage will be most effective and beneficial. We also affirm the fact that God designed marriage for companionship. After creating the woman, I just love the imagery of Almighty God bringing the woman, escorting the woman to the man. And what followed are the very first recorded words spoken by man. With exuberance, the man exclaimed, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, unfortunately, the Hebrew does not translate all that well here into English. So so let me portray more what is, is, is present there in the Hebrew language. The man said, Woohoo! <laughs> this is now someone with whom I can spend the rest of my life with. And and Moses goes on to give us further insight when he says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Companionship requires that marriage be a primary relationship. 
Not an exclusive relationship because God has blessed us with a diversity of relationships with our parents, with our children, with our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ, enjoying certain activities and hobbies and labors and the like. But next to our relationship with Christ Jesus, nothing is more important than our relationship with our spouse Above all other individuals, all other interests, all other pursuits, our spouse deserves the best of our time, the best of our involvement, the best of our interaction, and the best of our conversation. Companionship also requires that marriage be a permanent relationship. The Hebrew word for united here means to cleave. To cling to, to hold to, like, like skin to the bone. Jesus, when he quoted this verse, also added this. He said, therefore what God has joined together, let man not separate. The foundation of marriage is commitment. A commitment of the will, a choice, a decision. It is a covenant before God. Commitment is the glue that holds a marriage together through the difficulties that couples inevitably face. Commitment does not just simply say, I love you, but it goes much further and says, I love you no matter what. Companionship then requires that that marriage be also an intimate relationship. Moses states it with words that are both beautiful and defining. And they shall become one flesh. Through intimacy, God has provided an amazing gift to married couples by which they can fan the flame of love toward each other for an entire lifetime. Healthy intimacy solidifies a couple's oneness and unites them as they face some of life's challenges together. So my friends, regardless of of whether we are married or single, God in his word has this to say to each of us. Marriage should be honored by all. So if you are single, and you're content to be single, then honor God by living in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. And if you're single but desired to be married, then honor God by respecting God's design for marriage and what that means for you even while you are single, growing in godliness and purity that the marriage bed may be kept undefiled and pure. And as you look for a mate, pray for someone who is committed to do the same and especially wants to grow closer to Jesus with you. And if you are married, then honor God by growing closer to your spouse in Christ Jesus. Behold the manner of love which the Father has lavished upon us And then grow to embody that love in your relationship with your spouse. 
as you not only focus on the interest and the needs of your spouse, but also grow together in learning how to just simply take good care of each other. And this is where, again, my friends, we are reminded there are no shortcuts, there is no cruise control, there is no autopilot. Marriage takes work. In one of our wedding liturgies, we read, because of sin, our age-old rebellion against God, the gladness of marriage can be overcast, and, and the gift of marriage can become a burden. But because God, who has established marriage, continues still today to bless it with his abundant and ever-present support, we can be sustained in our weariness and have our joy restored, which means marriage may take some work, but it's worth it. So why don't we talk about marriage? And as we do, let's look to the one who not only designed it, but continues to bless us as we walk together in, in whatever state of life we find ourselves in. And instead of closing today with an amen, let's close today with woohoo! Amen.